0: people happy fourth week of January I see all the cool podcasters have given numbers to their podcast so uh, I also want to be cool so this is number 43 it feels like I've done more than 43 but uh, 43 is the number this podcast will soon celebrate its first birthday and I honestly hope that the topics that I've dealt with have been stimulating and relevant to you if you would like me to deal with anything particular or do some research on something, please don't hesitate to let me know. You can message to this podcast or if you know me, you can send a message on Facebook or if you've got my cell number, you can even WhatsApp me or even phone me. Anyways, today I would like to deal with the following question. Why do some people believe in God and others don't? Why do some people believe in God and others don't? So I had the wonderful honor last week to hear the most amazing story of someone's life. If you haven't listened to last week's podcast, you have to go and listen. Natalie Gunther told us about her life experience. She broke her neck in a car accident and then she started a business from a hospital bed. And those, that business is still flourishing today. Um, so it's just an amazing story i've never broken my neck don't know what it feels like but but she knows and it's quite traumatic she's been told after the accident that she might possibly die she might possibly be paralyzed and yet she's walking and active she even plays golf so she's such a strong lady and uh, she recently also went through a divorce yet she's still standing i mean you're talking about physical trauma you're talking about emotional trauma Um, And what is so interesting for me is how she has this unwavering faith in God. Now, I've met many people in my life through what I do. I've met many people that have gone through hard times. And generally, most people who go through this type of thing would actually depart from God, walk away from God, lose their faith in God, you know. You, you know, couldn't God have stopped this? Couldn't God have saved her marriage? Couldn't God have kept her from breaking her neck? You know, there's a lot of people out there when they go through difficult times. The first thing they do is they blame God and then say, well, God doesn't exist anymore. I mean, she had to she, she broke her neck. She had to start from scratch. She went through a divorce. Yo, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stones to be thrown at God, right? But yet if you listen to her testimony... She sees God at work everywhere. She's driving and she sees clouds in the sky that looks like hands praying. She uh, is driving, struggling with her faith, and then she sees a car with a number plate that says faith. And then she stops at a place and a a waiter or a receptionist has a name tag that says faith on the same day while she's going through that same space of her day. And so she, she believes that God gives her all of these signs everywhere. And so she believes God has been involved in her life. She believes that God has been working in her heart. Um, and so she's waiting for God to, to reveal himself to her in every corner of her life. And when I, when I think about a story, I'm reminded of 1 Peter 1 and verse 8. Not only her story, I know, I know there are many people out there, many of you probably listening, you've got an unwavering faith. You absolutely believe in God. And some people might be listening to this and saying, well, gee, I wonder what's wrong with these people, you know? How they can just believe in God like that. But this is nothing new. For 2,000 years, people have had this faith. That there are billions of people on the planet that has this faith. Shows you that there must be something real to it. Anyways, this is the scripture that I am reminded of. In 1 Peter 1 verse 8 that says the following. You love him even though you have not seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. And so there are people who are just like this. They love God even though they haven't seen Him. And they trust God even though they do not see Him now. Yet there is a growing number of people on our planet who feel exactly the opposite. Who say this God thing is nonsense. We call them atheists. Now, I have subscribed to some of the spaces on Korah to answer some of the questions that people have. Like, for example, I'm signed up onto a space that's about questions regarding God, another space about psychology, another space about theology. And I don't know if you are aware of Cora, but you can basically go onto Cora and ask anything, and somebody's going to answer it for you. So I try to do that. I try to maybe once a week go look at the questions that some people have and to answer their questions for them. So a few weeks ago, a question came up about, Why atheists use the Bible to disprove Christianity? And so I answered and I said a few things, but I specifically said one thing that really got some atheists upset. I said atheists don't believe in God because they don't want to believe in God. Atheists don't believe in God because they don't want to believe in God. And that really got people really on a row. Well, on the same group, which is really about, or the same space, that's really about God questions. It's a theological forum. It seems like there are atheists sitting permanently trying to answer the questions that people have of God in order to debunk the the ideas of God and to um, help people release or let go of their faith in God. So you know, the first thing that people would say, that atheists would say is, 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 no, I don't believe in God because I believe in facts. I believe in facts. That's why. I believe in evidence. I believe in science. That's why I don't believe in God. You guys can believe in God because you believe in fairy tales, things that there's there's no evidence for. Uh, Let me give you one example of what scientists actually believe because they claim to believe in fact and so they would they would talk about the the theory of evolution which in itself says it's a theory it's not a fact. Everything regarding evolution is not a fact. And I think we get taught in schools that this is a fact, that this is how things happened. In any case, I um, I, I don't doubt that God could have created the world through the process of evolution. So let's not say that. I'm just saying that if you claim to believe in fact, um, then you, you've got to be able to make sure that it is fact. All right. And I mean, if you look at the process of evolution and how everything started, if you look at Big Bang cosmology, and we've spoken about this before, it's not really based on fact. In actual fact, nobody was there 13 billion years ago to see how everything happened. But what atheists generally believe, or what the general theory is out there, is that there was somehow or another, there was this primordial soup. In other words, there was soup somewhere. Which they call sort of the the starting point that that there was something okay, and then that by itself, that soup by itself, had light go through it uh, somehow or another that led to an explosion that led to the, everything that we see in the universe, um, and that eventually led to just this planet where we are on, where where life started through one cell that came from nowhere. Uh, I mean, that is essentially what atheism believes, because atheism says, no, God didn't start all of this. That's how everything started. And they claim that that is fact. That is not a fact. And that's why many people would say, and the the Bible, as you'll see in a moment's time, that atheism is ridiculous. If you think about now, here's a definition of atheism um, that I read up recently. The belief that there was nothing and nothing happened to nothing and then nothing magically exploded for no reason, creating everything, and then a bunch of everything magically rearranged itself for no reason whatsoever into self-replicating bits, which then turned into dinosaurs. Makes perfect sense. And I'm sure you get the point. It's not based on fact. People are not atheists based on facts. Now personally, I've yet to see One piece of evidence that proves God doesn't exist. In actual fact, there's more reasonable evidence pointing towards the existence of God than to the non-existence of God. So one of these guys started debating with me, and we emailed back and forth, and here are some of the things that I've noticed that came up. Um, for example, when he spoke about the issues that he has with God, he would, he, would, he would go with the issues that he has with the Bible, and he would go to Genesis chapter 1 to Genesis chapter 12. He'd only talk about the stories in Genesis 1 to 12, the flood, uh, the wife of Cain, etc. He won't go to Jesus, because you see, when he starts going to Jesus, there's too much evidence that Jesus actually existed. Okay? Okay, there's too many eyewitnesses. So what what atheists like to do is they like to go to that those difficult texts in the Bible, those texts that even Christians struggle to understand or wrap their heads around. But even even though it's difficult to wrap our heads around the, some of those stories, it's very um, there are reasonable answers for them. Like one of the first things that he brought up was this thing of um, who was Cain's wife, because obviously Cain's mom and dad was Adam and Eve. So where did where did Cain get a get a wife so and anyways uh, Jewish history says that Adam and Eve had many more children more than 20 although it's not recorded in the Bible that doesn't mean that they didn't exist okay and so in any case he's got a little bit of a problem with this because if if it is true that Cain married his sister that is incest and that is disgusting and that's a problem and I, I thought about that for a while. And yes, of course, that, that doesn't sit so well with, with me. And I've got other answers for that. But I just want to make a point in line with this podcast. I said to him, do you know that science says the same thing? Because you believe in science. So you've got a problem with the Bible saying that Cain possibly had, had a sexual relationship with his sister. And that produced the rest of, of, of their offspring. So, and, and it's crazy if the Bible says so. But science says so too. Because science says, this is what scientists have discovered, that the whole human race comes from two people. You can go research this. The whole human race comes in anyways from two people. So it's, 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 it's wrong if the Bible says so, but it's right if science says so. And it's very interesting how science is just pointing back to the truth of scripture in any ways. They've genetically traced it back that the whole human race comes from two people. Okay. Another thing he brought up is about the flood. How ridiculous the flood is, and I said to him, "Well, you know what? Okay, I know it's hard for us to grasp and to come to grips with the flood, etc. But how do we make then sense of the more than two hundred stories of the same event across the globe? Okay, how do we make sense of that? Are you saying that all the two hundred other two hundred stories, in actual fact, the Epic of Gilgamesh, as I've said before, is one of the oldest flood stories in the. it's, It's one of the oldest pieces of writings in the world." Okay, and it's a flood story. So you reject the Bible, but how are you going to reject the Epic of Gilgamesh and all the other more than two hundred stories across the world of this massive flood? So you see, once again, you you are claiming things that you don't actually have the facts for. It doesn't make sense to you, but you don't. You, you can't say you don't believe in these things because of facts. Another thing that he brought up is about about how how can eight people six thousand years ago have enough children so that it could populate the earth up to the point that it is now. And so I went and I did some little bit of research and I didn't do the calculation because it must be one intense bit of of study. Um, In terms of global population, um, it's actually quite interesting. Do you know that the global population grows by 1.1% per year? Year. Now, I want you to think about this, and this is not my fact. This doesn't come from the Bible. This is coming from people who researched um, population growth. Okay, in the year 1800, there were one billion people on the Earth. Today, there are 7.8 billion people. Just think about it. In 200 years, the world population has increased by 6.8 billion. Now, if you go and you go work that back into time, it could very well be that 6,000 years ago, there were probably just about eight people, okay? So once again, you can't make statements that you cannot back up with fact. Um, so the other thing that he brought up is this this idea of the age of the earth, that the earth is 13 billion years old And once again, you know, when people come up with these dates and these ages and things like that, you know, I am open and honest and saying, I don't know. I really don't know how old the earth is. Um, But don't claim that your measurements that you use to state exactly how old the earth is, is 100% factual. It's a theory. And it's a possibility and it's a probability, it's not a fact, you see. And so, the atheist he places his faith on what he thinks are facts when, in actual fact, they're not facts. He brought up the issue of dinosaurs, and just a side note, you know, he didn't know that the Bible actually does talk about dinosaurs. The Bible mentions two specific dinosaurs the behemoth and the leviathan. And so, I think that was interesting for him. In in, in any case, basically he was saying that he doesn't believe in God, he only believes in the facts. Yet not one of the things he pointed out to disprove God was based on a fact. And that got me really to realize that atheism is a faith itself. Some people believe there is no God, okay? And some people believe that this is something new, that atheism is a, is a new thing, that people only stopped believing in God when science came onto the scene. But it is not the truth. Before, athe- before science existed, before we had these supposed facts of nature, people already didn't believe in God. For thousands of years atheism has been around. 3000 years ago King David already spoke about atheists when he said in Psalm 14, "The fool says in his heart, there is no god." Now this atheism has become a religion of its own or and that's why I rather would call it a faith, okay? In recent times it has just developed around their bible is the charles darwin's origin of species Uh, let's say the most of the atheists in the 21st century they are people who hold their faith in charles darwin's book the origin of species so evolution and science forms the basis of their faith now as i've said before to believe in evolution you have to believe in god because evolution cannot happen by itself for evolution to happen it has been postulated by scientists it needs a miracle it needs a serious set of miracles evolution cannot by itself develop into being what people uh, what scientists claim it should be and we know that only God can do miracles anyways I eventually decided to not engage with this guy anymore he believed what he believed because he chose to believe so Not because of reason. Now, I couldn't reason him out of his belief. Maybe if we had some more time together, I could reason reason him out of his belief. Our Natalie of last week believes in God because it is reasonable to her to believe that there is a God involved in her life. That her life has purpose and meaning. That she isn't just an animal. You see, when the moment you exclude God from this whole creation, you've got to find a way to disprove, you know, Christianity. You've got to find a way to disprove the resurrection, which is very difficult. Nobody's been able to do that. You've got to find a way to say that Jesus never existed. You've got to find a way that these people in the Bible, that they were all hallucinating, that all 500 people that saw, they were all hallucinating. You've got, to, you've got to prove that there's no reason to our existence. You've got to, you've got to prove that there is no consciousness, as I've shared in the, in the podcast two weeks ago, that there is no life after death. So if you want to rule out God, you've got to disprove these things which science cannot do. But in any case, what's the point therefore? What's the point of this podcast today? People believe what they want to believe. Atheists, most of them, don't want there to be a God. As Dinesh D'Souza put it, the real objection of atheism is not intellectual, but moral. Okay? If you believe in God, you see, here's the problem, then you must believe in ultimate justice. And that means that you cannot just do what you want, but that you will be held accountable. And that is what people are running away from. People don't want to be held accountable for what they do in their lives. Now, I've got huge respect for a professor by the name of Thomas Nagel, he's a prolific atheist that is at least honest. Now, he wrote in a book entitled The Last Word, the following. Now, these are the words of an atheist, and he's at least honest. He's very honest. And listen carefully to what he says. He says the following. I speak from experience, being strongly subject to this fear myself. I want atheism to be true and am made uneasy by the fact that some of the most intelligent And well-informed people I know are religious believers. It isn't just that I don't believe in God and naturally hope that I'm right in my belief. It's that I hope there is no God. I don't want there to be a God. I don't want the universe to be like that. My guess is that this cosmic authority problem is not a rare condition and that it is responsible for much of the scientism and reductionism of our time. One of the tendencies it supports is the ludicrous overuse of evolutionary biology to explain everything about human life, including everything about the human mind. This is a somewhat ridiculous situation. It is just as irrational to be influenced in one's beliefs, by the hope that God does not exist, as by the hope that God does exist. Yo, guys, I don't know if you got that. I'm just going to point out a few things. <coughs> just get that cough out of the way. So, let's let's look at what he says here. First of all, he says, I want atheism to be true. What does that tell you? It's, he wants it to be true. That's why he chooses it. He doesn't choose it based on fact. Okay? And he says he feels uncomfortable that intelligent people actually do believe. Okay, so he doesn't know what to do about that. And then he says, um, he says, I hope that I'm right in my belief. In other words, he doesn't know if he's right, but he hopes that he is. He's got hope in the fact that, that, that his faith is, is correct. That's interesting. So it's not based on evidence. Okay, he says, I hope there is no God. He says, I don't want there to be a God. I wonder why. Why don't you want there to be a God? Okay, because he, he calls it later on a cosmic authority. That's the problem. You see, because the moment you claim that there is a God, it means that there's an authority over you that's going to hold you accountable. In other words, you can't just do what you want. You've been created with a purpose. And when you rebel against that purpose, you rebel against the creator. And then he himself, he calls um, this evolutionary biology. He says, it's, it's actually crazy to think that that explains everything about life because it cannot explain the human mind. Okay, and he says it's a somewhat ridiculous situation. He's, he's in essence saying, okay, he's saying to believe, if, if you're an atheist and you think it's ridiculous for people to believe in God, if you're actually rational, it's equally ridiculous for you to believe that there is no God. So, I thought i will just put that in there because I think it's time for us to settle this. In the In the West... Atheism is growing. From 2009 to 2019 in the States, atheism has doubled in size. From 2% to 4%. It is growing faster than any other religion. That's why I entitled this podcast, The Fastest Growing Faith. Because atheism is the fastest growing faith. It claims that fact and science is the reason for its belief system. But remember, it is not true. It is indeed just another faith a belief system as even Thomas Nagel said above now if you ever speak to an atheist I want to remind you if you do believe in God that you that you're merciful I recently came across this verse I can't believe I haven't come across it earlier in my life but Jude 1 verse 22 says be merciful to those who doubt some people doubt and it is okay I sometimes doubt you sometimes doubt We've got to be merciful to people who doubt. Look at their hearts. Point them towards love and purpose and meaning. If temptation comes your way to fall into the same trap as God's science, I want to challenge you to be very careful. If you're listening to this and you think that the only thing that, that, that exists is that which can be proven, I want you to be very careful. You've got to go think about that very carefully. Because there's a lot of things that you believe in, like love, that cannot be materialistically proven. Science has so far only proved God to be true, and not the opposite. Science has so far only affirmed what the Bible has been saying for the last two thousand years, the New Testament for the last three, three and four thousand years, in the Old Testament. Science doesn't contradict God at all. So if you ever come into this mentality that you think that science and God they don't sit in the same room, it you're totally misunderstanding it. And John Lennox explains it so well when he talks about the boiling of a kettle okay why does a kettle boil what would what would the answer be why does a kettle boil well you can give two answers because the atoms are being agitated by heat etc there's a scientific explanation okay that explains why the kettle is boiling but there's a second explanation which is actually the first explanation which is a basic explanation which is a fine explanation because i want coffee okay i just want coffee that's why the kettle is boiling do you see both of them are correct right Both of them are correct. In the same way, science explores how the world works, but it doesn't explain why it exists. Science might explain our biology about how our bodies work, but it cannot explain why our bodies exist. And so they deal with two different questions. So don't ever let science keep you away from God. If you believe in God, great. Believe it like a child. And don't fret or fear. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And this is what Thomas Nagel has. It's exactly the same thing that Thomas Nagel has. He's got faith in no God. We've got faith in a God. And that is the type of faith that you and I need to have. I, I want to leave you with a final text from the book of Job, which is quite interesting. You know, people are traveling the world to... And reading and studying, trying to find out whether God exists or not. But Job had something interesting to say about that in chapter 12, verse 7 to 9. He says the following, But ask the animals, and they will teach you. Or the birds in the sky, and they will tell you. Or speak to the earth, and it will teach you. Or let the fish in the sea inform you. Which of all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? And in Job's mind, he's saying, go look at nature. Nature will tell you there has to be a God. And so what science has done is science has discovered the laws of nature, but science hasn't figured out how nature came to be. And if anybody tells you that they know exactly how nature came to be, they don't. They just have theories. May God bless you. Have a wonderful week.